1: This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHod podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmel, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Wednesday, January 11th. The United Arab Emirates, or the UAE, has spent quite a lot of time and considerable resources, positioning itself as a crypto-friendly hub. Its efforts have attracted some of the top names in crypto to the region. The CEO of the world's largest crypto exchange, Binance's Changpeng Zhao, or CZ, has a residence in Dubai. It's also where Suzu and Kyle Davies, the co-founders of the crypto hedge fund Three Arrows Capital, have most recently set up shop. And Sam Bankman-Fried, of course, traveled to Dubai for meetings with investors just weeks before the collapse of FTX. FTX, incidentally, was one of the very first firms to be granted a license to operate in the region by Dubai's regulator for virtual assets. And around 4% of FTX's global customers were based in the UAE, according to court filings in that bankruptcy case. That makes the UAE one of the top 10 jurisdictions affected by the FTX fallout. Overall, a pretty mixed picture. For more on the crypto ambitions of the UAE, I'm joined today by Bloomberg reporters Suva Shrigosh.
2: Dubai is coming to this party and really warming up to, to these investors. And Ben
3: Bartonstein. When you talk to authorities here, they describe how they want to be at the cutting edge. They want to capitalize on the fact that a lot of companies are, you know, find the UAE an attractive home to, to set up and they want to keep those, those companies here.
1: Suva, Ben, welcome to the podcast. Ben, why don't we start with you? You're one of our Dubai-based reporters. What's it been like getting kind of pulled into the crypto story for the past couple of years?
3: Yeah, it's been a real education for me. It's not something I knew too much about a little over a year ago, but as a lot of the key players in the industry have either moved here or spent part, part of their time here, it's been a real education getting to know a new industry and see how it's evolved quite significantly in in a short time horizon. The crypto story really picked up in 2018. That's when uh, Abu Dhabi Global Market, which is a hub for a lot of the multinationals in the capital city, Abu Dhabi, ADGM, as it's called, established its own virtual assets regulatory authority framework, considering itself one of the sort of one of the early adopters in that space. Uh, And it really sort of accelerated in 2020. Of course, COVID hit the world. There was the lockdown. But the UAE really emerged from lockdown a lot more quickly than than the average country uh, with a very quick vaccination rollout. And really, as other sort of multinational hubs, such as Hong Kong and Singapore, were still in, in lockdown, a lot of sort of fintech entrepreneurs started moving to the city. So this kind of accelerated efforts by authorities, to try to recruit a lot of talent, especially in the fintech crypto space.
1: Right. One of the biggest names that, you know, the UAE and Dubai specifically has been able to attract, at least as a resident, if not necessarily somebody who has a business headquarters there, is, of course, CZ, the CEO of Binance, which is the world's largest exchange. Can you talk more about the perception of Binance in the region? Why CZ is there? What role are Dubai and the UAE hoping that someone with such a high profile can play?
2: CZ actually relocated to Dubai late 2021, you know, and that was because he failed to get a license from the Singapore authorities. And before that, he was in Hong Kong. So he has been shifting his base quite a bit after, you know, China cracked down and banned all of crypto. And then, as you said, he relocated to Dubai and he's got a home there. And He is the front runner for all of crypto world, really, right? And when the so-called king, you know, lands in a region which is relatively more friendlier than other regions, other countries, then you could say that the entire ecosystem also really warms up. And that is what we saw after CZ moved to Dubai and shifted his base and he's hired hundreds of people in his so-called headquarters in Dubai, where he has set up his office, so yes, uh, the CZ moving has actually encouraged a lot of development in Dubai as well as in the in the UAE region per se on the crypto industry.
1: So that's very interesting context, right? Because Ben, as you know, one of the pieces of reporting that you of course have been doing very consistently for several months is this, shall we say, symbiotic relationship between the regulators and the regulatory framework in the UAE and those efforts to attract not just crypto, but also fintech entrepreneurs, companies and businesses more broadly. So what are some of the big regulatory priorities for the UAE, given that they've had success with Binance so far? But they also gave a license to FTX, which, you know, collapsed not super long after that
3: happened. Certainly, when it comes to the broader economic strategy within the UAE, the UAE is home to 6% of the world's proven oil reserves, but they're thinking ahead, you know, decades into the future. How can we diversify our economy? And they're talking a lot about the digital economy and how crypto is a key pillar in that strategy. So I think when you talk to authorities here, they describe how they want to be at the cutting edge. They want to capitalize on the fact that a lot of companies are, you know, find the UAE an attractive home to to set up and they want to keep those, those companies here. Of course, in the past six months, uh, some of the authorities have been quite unsettled with what's transpired in the industry.
0: A lot of development since the stunning collapse of former billionaire Sam Bankman frieds FTX empire last week, one of the two
3: biggest. But uh, certainly when you talk to certain UAE officials, they, they recognize there will be some failures, but they'd rather, you know, strike out a few times, but still be right in the thick of things than let this opportunity pass them by and and let some other place sort of capture more of the market share in this industry.
1: It's interesting to hear you describe it like that, because that sounds kind of more like how venture capitalists think and not so much regulators in a lot of ways. But Suva, I want to come back to you on this point, because it seems like what's developing here is regulatory arbitrage, which you alluded to a bit in talking about the challenges that CZ has faced in trying to secure those operational licenses for Binance. So where are those folks who... And to be clear, this is not a crypto didn't invent regulatory arbitrage. Financial services companies and people who work in financial services are very good at identifying jurisdictions that let them do what they want to do or give them amenable terms to do so. But what has been the response of other countries, other cities, other states who might be looking at the relative success that Dubai and the UAE are having at attracting business flows, attention, marketing, hype? These other places are looking inward, and are they
2: saying, "Well, do we need to change our own approach as a regulator in order to compete?" There has been a lot of regulatory arbitrage, and uh, like uh, like we've seen that how Singapore has tightened the rules.
1: Yes, we still want to be a crypto hub, uh, but if you mean whether we want to be a hub for the trading of cryptocurrencies, no, that's not part of the vision. We did not state it so emphatically before, but now we are stating it much more emphatically. And
2: almost proposed to make it impossible for retail investors to trade in crypto. In the same way, you know, you've seen some other countries as well, like Thailand doing the same thing. However, Hong Kong is, again, you know, trying to establish themselves as a crypto hub in Asia. It shows that there is a lot of differences in the approach that regulators take. That is also helping to some extent for some crypto natives and crypto investors to understand where to go and where not to go. And uh, yes, uh, Dubai, as you were saying in the beginning, and Ben Ben was also saying that, you know, that they are trying to kind of warm up to this new wave of so-called capitalism, if I can say, or or the wealth creation or whatever. Like, you know, Dubai is coming to this party and really warming up to to these investors because these are deep-pocketed investors. You can get rich fast. It's a way of making money and without much regulations. We'll be right back after the break with more from Suva and Ben on the UAE's future
1: in crypto.
4: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor centric firm built for successful advisors like you. So there's a reason why one hundred and forty eight financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com.
0: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
1: we still have to address one of the biggest criticisms here. Is this really the best moment to be chill about crypto regulations? As you know, it felt like on a weekly and in some cases hourly basis from the second half of 2022 that we were reporting on folks filing for bankruptcy or just generally collapsing or halting withdrawals or being credibly accused of various types of you know bad things. And at the center of all this has been a real concern that retail investors have not really had a lot of recourse. Ben, one of the stories that you reported on was on that kind of tension, like how to balance the need to not stymie innovation, to continue to encourage people who want to come and take risks and try new things, but also to protect the investors in those companies, as well as the retail investors who put their money and their trust in those companies. And one of the things that, Ben, you identified in your reporting and this comes from bankruptcy documents, is that the UAE had a not small number of investors with money locked up in FTX. They were at least one of the top 10 or 20 jurisdictions in terms of creditors to FTX. So from their own perspective, it seems like they have a real interest in getting this right, at least the next time.
3: I guess I'd be curious um, what the sort of nationality breakdown is there because I guess the interesting and somewhat unique thing about the UAE is the fact that about 90% of the population is non-Emirati. So when I talk to officials here about consumer protection in the context of crypto – It's not something that they dismiss, but it's not at the top of the priority list. And I guess it makes you wonder how the demographics within the country perhaps factor into that a bit, because the general line that I hear when talking to Emirati officials about this is they don't want to have too much government intervention in preventing retail investors from investing in something. Perhaps it's quite risky, but they say that's, you know, buyer beware. We don't want to be stepping in the middle of things. Of course, if if Emirati locals are, are burned by a particular investment, that's when the government takes a much greater interest in trying to crack down and understand what exactly went wrong.
1: There's the fact that this is a hub for lots of people for lots of different places. In addition to that, you have local family offices, for example, or other types of entities that might have different types of risk considerations like fintech or energy or real estate. But have you found that crypto is making real inroads into that local Emirati population, as well as that broader base of folks from multinationals who are attracted to the UAE?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Although uh, Emirati nationals make up the minority of the population, uh, it is a quite youthful uh, population. A lot of folks who are early adopters in the crypto space. What you'll see is some of the more senior decision makers within the UAE, their children, their nieces, their nephews, got into crypto at quite an early stage and have since convinced, uh, you know, their parents or uncles or or aunts, hey, this is where we need to put the family money. So yeah, again, even if, you know, 10% of the population here is Emirati, you know, there is probably a greater share of their net worth that's in crypto on a percentage basis than probably the majority of countries in the world.
1: And Ben, going back to boom and bust cycles, the UAE has seen some pretty intense examples of this. The vibe in 2010 was not fun. There was a lot of distress. There was a lot of concern that things had gotten too frothy too fast and that the shakeout was going to be really intense. And frankly, it was for a while. Now, for someone who has not necessarily been paying attention to all financial markets for the past, you know, 15 or 20 years, things now might seem completely chill and totally fine. So have folks learned any lessons from previous market cycles?
3: Certainly, th- there have been some changes in, in the real estate sector, for one. But I guess the other thing that's really changed since the the 08 crisis when it comes to the UAE is just the the size and heft of the wealth funds in Abu Dhabi in particular. You sort of have these two counterweights as far as attracting people to the UAE. You have Dubai as the hub for multinationals and the glitz and glamour appealing to a lot of the sort of crypto set but then uh, Abu Dhabi has really, I think one of the bigger global stories right now is become sort of a funder of last resort for a lot of companies, those two kind of go hand in hand and at least for right now keeping a lot of attention on the UAE and a lot of traffic into the country. Uh, but certainly, as you alluded to the booms and the bus have both probably been felt a bit harder in the UAE than than elsewhere. It's, it's a real roller coaster. So there is concern when you talk to bankers, when you talk to lawyers and others in the financial industry about when the hard times may come back.
1: And on that cherry note, thank you both for joining the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. You can find more of their reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal and on Bloomberg.com. And of course, check out our twice weekly newsletter, which is called, you guessed it, Bloomberg Crypto. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Ty Butler and Moses Undum. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow.